and welcome. It's so nice to meet you. It's so funny that like you're on a podcast and this is our first time meeting. (laughs) I know, I know. But you know what? I was like, I saw your post on Slack and I was like, I'm going to just reach out to her and we're going to go for it. And I was like, she seems nice. And then I stalked you on LinkedIn and then I stalked you on TikTok and I was like, oh, we're going to be fine. (laughs) Okay, cool. If you saw all my crazy stuff out there, awesome. I love that. <laughs> I didn't no, scare you away. It. No, not at all. <laughs> I was all in. And I was like, okay, we're going to be fine. This is fine. It's just going to be telling my story and that's it. It'll, it's going to be fine. Hell yeah. yeah. And welcome. And what an interesting story it is. I, and honestly, it's one that's so unique, but also so relevant to a lot of women out there that I, are it were or are in similar positions as you so I I'll just shut up and let you talk and start from the beginning and tell us all about it and I just can't wait um so I recently left the church like I recently left I want to say in 2021 so this is very very new I grew up um in a Christian evangelical Pentecostal household. Um, my parents first came to the United States. Um, I want to say around the seventies, late seventies. And, you know, when they were here, you know, they were immigrants and they, you know, my dad had gotten sick and they needed a sense of community. And that's where they found the church. And it was a Christian church, um, out in Echo Park. And, um, they just stayed there. And then my sisters kind of grew up in the church and then, um, I was born into it. So when I'm telling you I was born into the church, I was like born into the church. Like my parents were super, super involved. My dad at one point was the head of deacons and my mom at one point was, um, leading the children's ministry. And, um, I was just always taught like you serve, right? Like you, like as a, like as a Christian, you're just always told like ministry should be your whole life and you are of service to people and your ultimate goal is to serve others and build the kingdom of God. And that was kind of the journey that I was on. And I was super, I started ministry maybe around five years old. I was like in the dance ministry and then I was really involved with the youth. And then I, you know, I was in um, like in the worship part of it, which is like live music. And I was so dedicated that I actually went to a Christian Bible college. And I was so determined I was going to get my pastoral license and I was going to become a worship pastor. And um, I was like set up for life. You know, I was like, this is great. Um, And then while I was in college, I was actually dating somebody who was like my childhood crush and we got married and um, I'm no longer married. So just like plot twist um tuck, but we got tuck that in the back pocket <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll talk about that later um, amazing and um you know I I guess the story is like a twofold um because I think I allowed a lot of things to I I, I was taught kind of like to accept a lot of things even if they were unhealthy and so I found myself in a very unhealthy relationship 
and I was so young. I got married at the age of 20 and, um, I'm actually a little nervous talking about this because I've never, like, I've talked about it, like with my therapist and, you know, my close friends, but I've never really been vocal about it just because I've always been taught to take the higher road and be, you know, uh, a godly woman and X, Y, and Z. So, um, this person and I, we got married, I was so young and I knew the day before that I was going to get married. I didn't want to get married. And I remember, you know, staying, I was crying. I stayed at a hotel room by myself the night before and I could not stop crying because I knew I didn't want to go through with it. And I knew that it was going to be an unhealthy relationship. And I just said, you know what, it's going to get better. And if I pray more, um, and if I believe more, the relationship's going to get better. So sure enough, we got married and four months into our marriage, I found out that he had been cheating on me. And from the time that I got married to the time that we eventually finally divorced, I found out that he had just been a very compulsive um, cheater. And I remember going back to like our church leaders and saying like, hey, I need help. Like, this is the situation where I'm at. And they, they again, just told me like, if you just keep believing, if you just keep praying, if you just focus on, you know, um, your service and your ministry, things are going to get better. Like you have to believe that um, Jesus can heal him and Jesus can change his heart and X, Y, and Z. And that wasn't the case. And so I found myself um, kind of going into this headspace of like, I'm done. Like, I don't care how many times you cheat on me. Like, I am done. And I was so young and so naive. Um, we finally ended up getting a divorce. You know, it was for the best, um, you know, and I had to deal with a lot of that. Um, just hurt because uh, I was truly, truly hurt and kind of going back to this mindset of not really allowing myself to um, process these emotions because again I was of service of others and I needed to be the bigger person and I needed to um, you know ultimately believe that God was going to handle you know that situation and I realized that culture structure and faith or the church had a huge tie on that and still even to this day there's kind of things that I'm working through that has allowed me to see that so kind of going back to the church aspect of it um once we finally separated I kind of moved on and started working at different kind of churches I graduated um with um, you know, my degree in worship arts and media, because again, I wanted to become a worship pastor. And I was, you know, on this road of healing. And um, I realized in 2020, when things started to shift in the world, that something in me also started to shift. And I found myself really asking myself the really hard questions like, what am I doing? And I, Mick, when I tell you I was so involved in the church, I was like dedicated. I lived at the church. Like Damn. I was like, live, breathe, serve, 
like a dedicated Pentecostal charismatic Christian woman. Like, I don't know how else to paint the picture, but just very like, yes, I don't know. I don't know. And um, during that time, I started to really question, I guess, what I believed in and Mm -hmm. started asking myself, there has to be more. Like there just has to be more than what I'm been told. And I started reading a lot of books. I started, you know, talking to my sisters because my sisters actually left the church when they were in their twenties. And, um, I was the only one who was like heavily involved in it. And, um, I started to really have these conversations and started realizing like I was an outcast and, um, I realized then when I would ask questions, right, it wasn't really received in Mm -hmm. like a warm and welcoming environment. It was just kind of like, oh, well, if you're questioning your faith, that means that you don't have a strong um, relationship with God. So you should check that, you know, and it was just kind of things that things like that, like, you know, the whole concept of like the Black Lives Matter movement was just kind of like no one wanted to talk about it. And I had to have really hard conversations with people that were really eye-opening to me because again, it wasn't something that people talked about, right? It wasn't Mm -hmm. something that, it was this whole concept of like, well, God loves everybody and God doesn't see color, you know? And I had to learn like how wrong that statement was Mm -hmm. and how uneducated that statement was. And, um, you know, I started on this journey and then Um, I found myself extremely burnt out. Like I was in ministry. I was, you know, our, our senior pastor had actually stepped away because he, um, he had gotten sick. And so, um, I was kind of helping in a sense, um, lead a church. And I say that very lightly because I, Mm -hmm. I wasn't asked to, but I think that being the person that I am, I like stepped in a lot and, um, I realized then I just, I needed a sabbatical and I was like, I need to just step away and figure out if I'm burnt out or if I'm checked out. Mm -hmm. And during my sabbatical, I realized this was not what I wanted anymore. I didn't know what was in store for me. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew that I just didn't want this anymore. I didn't want to spend my Sundays leading worship. I didn't want to spend my Sundays serving others anymore. I was so exhausted and so tired that I got to a point where my body felt physically sick. So like on Sundays, I would wake up, I would get up at like 6am, start rehearsals, start the service, you know, do a debrief with our team. And then I would end maybe around like 2pm, probably didn't eat anything. And I would just feel emotionally and physically drained. And um, it caught on very, very quickly. And, um, so during my sabbatical, I realized, you know, this is not something I want to do. And my therapist and I actually created an exit plan, um, because I was like living at the church and I was like, okay, like if I leave, I know I'm going to have to move out. Like I can't stay here. Like that's going to be weird. And so sure enough, um, when I spoke to 
in a sense, my leaders. And I said, Hey, like, I am actually not coming back. Um, I was scared and I was in a sense, um, terrified because I knew that I was going to hurt them. And my intention was never to hurt, never to hurt the people that, you know, had supported me and who had, you know, given me shelter and who had understood my story and who had accepted me for who I am. Um, and I, I made so many great relationships and connections with these people, but I knew deep down inside me that once I left, I wasn't ever gonna, our relationship was not going to be the same. And sure enough, that's what happened. And so I, um, you know, I said, I'm not coming back. I'm sorry. Um, you know, gave this whole speech about what I needed to do for myself. And um, sure enough, I ended up moving out, found an apartment within like three weeks of that meeting that we had. And that's where I started my journey of deconstructing and really asking myself the hard questions and really um, allowing myself to almost be free in those spaces and reclaiming this is going to sound very dramatic, but almost reclaiming like my sanity and reclaiming my own like life back because now I had an opportunity to live my life for myself. And sometimes even talking about like the whole church aspect of it can, that statement feels like, oh my gosh, how could you say that? Right. Because in the Christian community, like you are to die to yourself, you know, and you, again, you are a service of others and you, um, your purpose is to gain souls for the kingdom and you name it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And so in 2021, after I moved out, I moved into my own apartment, you know, I had just started working, um, my first corporate job. Like there were so many new things that were happening and um, I found a community that was, I guess, a support group where you could kind of go and question your faith and um, found a great community there, made great friendships, even though some, uh, some of them, you know, were still involved with a different church, you know, or things like that. Um, but now being here two years later, not doing anything that involves with faith, with church, with ministry, it feels like I'm living my life for myself. And how throughout these past two years, I've had to deconstruct everything that was embedded into me, how I to the point where how I viewed my own body, how I viewed my own sexuality, how I viewed my thoughts, what my role was in a relationship, um, what my role was as a Mexican-American LA native, like things that you won't, that you don't even think about, right? Because like things now, like I'm starting to embrace my culture because I was never taught like God is always before culture, you know, and how damaging that is to one's identity. Mm -hmm. And um it's truly been a journey. I think it's truly been eye-opening. I've lost a lot of friendships since leaving the church and, um, you know, and I've learned to like grieve those and understand that 
um, you know, what I've decided for my life is uncomfortable, right? And a lot of people don't and won't understand it. Um, but the fact that I have the support of my family and have still seen so many blessings that have come out of me leaving the church and me finally saying, no, I'm going to educate myself and live the life that I want to live um, has been truly, truly life-changing. So that was a long story, but um, that's basically no, it was like the, the gist of it. Yeah. Um, and I got to tell you, Mimi, there are, I've, I've talked to so many people who they use the phrase, like I was raised Christian. I was raised Christian. I was raised Christian, or even like I was raised Catholic and, Mm -hmm. and somewhere along the way, as they got older and kind of established their own relationship with whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. know, to kind of like keep it super broad like higher power or whatever whatever that is a lot of them have found that it no longer um it kind of breaks out of the mold of like a certain religious structure you know to the point where it's like you i think honestly that every individual does have their own relationship with whatever it is or maybe not or maybe some people just they they haven't established it yet or some people are still like just opening up to it yeah. you know what I mean like so yes yes the fact that you went through this whole journey and you had this whole relationship through the church mm-hmm. and it was kind of a groomed relationship a little yes. bit it kind of yes. sounds like yes the oh, fact 100%. That you, it sounds like it was a very groomed relationship yes. and then when you started to establish a real relationship with yourself and where mm-hmm. what you are about and like your unique embodiment of whatever it is mm-hmm. it no longer like you were kind of like forced over here which is like your true path and real direction oh you know? absolutely yes absolutely so it's just so fascinating yes and I think one of the things that kind of kind of reminded me of was Growing up, I was always told, oh, Mimi, you're going to do great things. You are called to do great things. And that was one thing that really, you know, there's a lot of uh, manipulative terms that are used in the church when it comes to you're going to do great things. You're called to do this. You know, you're going to change lives. You know, God's going to use you in this way. Um, It really does shape your psyche, the way that you think. And so for a long time, I questioned going back and forth of whether or not are leaving because I was called to do great things, right? And my mindset was like, well, if I leave the church, then that means that I'm not going to live up to my potential. And I remember having a conversation with my friend, Nancy, telling her like, hey, I always been told that I'm going to do great things. And I obviously want to do great things and I want to live up to that. But I feel like if I leave the church, does that mean I'm not going to do great things anymore? And she was like, who's to say you're not going to be doing great things. And I was like, you're right. Like I get to choose that. I get to choose what I think is great to be great things in my life. And so I think those are the moments that I think have continuously shaped and like, 
again, deconstructed this whole concept of needing to live for someone or something else other than myself and what I want. And I, and I, I, I can already hear the church saying like, that's so selfish of you. But again, it's like, I don't understand how people don't think that that's not wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. And it's, and it's <laughs> funny, like, you have to be listening closely to, the, to this. And I am, and I am. So, yeah. like, what I what I want to say is, like, they were right in that yes. you are destined to do great things. And yes, you are yes, doing yes. great things. But when yeah. you realize that these great things don't fit this traditional mold. Correct that's where the tension is yes you know what yes. I mean yes and thank you for clarifying and, that because no no, no that's I'm exactly not clarifying I'm yes, just yes. like that's like that makes so much sense to me and it's like you had to break free from the fact of like well just because I'm not doing the great things that you yes in, in the name of the church yeah doesn't mean that I'm not doing great things that actually align with who I am and what I feel exactly. in my heart exactly Exactly. So that honestly is just a really, I mean, that's beautiful, really, that you're, Thank you. you walked your true path, regardless of what an entire organization, yes, you know, was <laughs> trying to like, yes. basically lay out for you, you know what I yes. mean? So it's, and you know, going back to what you said about your wedding night, because that is such a powerful feeling oh, yeah. that I myself has have felt yeah. you literally feel sick and sometimes it brings you to tears it really does oh yeah and you have yeah. to wonder if if that is you know actually your higher power talking to you and pulling you in that direction kind of deal absolutely. your own intuition absolutely and I hadn't back then I didn't even realize you know that my gut and my even spiritual self that wanted to tell me, don't do this, like it's okay. I didn't know how to lean into that, you know? Yeah. And I think it's it was scary. It was this like, well, no, maybe it's my own doubt. You know, this is normal. You know, I've already gone this far, you know, everything's set up, you know? Um, so many things, so many things, yeah. but I think one of the things that this whole journey has taught me is to learn how to trust myself, mm -hmm. is to learn that I am equipped with the knowledge and the tools to be able to believe, just again, believe and trust my gut, right? And that ultimately my body is there to protect me and when something feels off, right? It's like, how do I lean into that to honor that and listen to my body and listen to what, in a sense, what, what allows me to continue living my life? Mm -hmm. Very deep answer, but that's basically one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout this whole journey and this whole concept of leaving the church and a marriage and X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. 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 You're, I mean, you're totally, it sounds to me like you're recoiling from the church's path 
leapt back over onto your true path and you're kind of like reeling yeah. from that and it, it was recent and it's just I I feel like I would have loved to know the the Mimi that was in that because I see you and you're so vibrant and you seem so mm. centered if that makes any sense uh-huh. I would have loved to have seen like the before picture you know when you were like yeah. in the the and just like be able to get a feel for like that yeah. person you know what you I know mean so funny I was I had a manager who you know I was talking about my myself you know and how I'm bubbly now and this and this and that and he was like have you always been like this you know because he's literally like Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street um but um I was like, no, like, this is literally new. Like the person that you see now is about maybe five years old. And I think that old Mimi was very, like, she was still spunky, but she lived in a lot of fear. And she um, talked a lot. (laughs) I guess that hasn't changed. But uh, she, I think she lived in a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, and was extremely insecure and would hide that with the charisma. And I think the person that I am now has allowed me to step into my confidence and has allowed me to really live um, such a, like, You know what I think it is? I think is I feel like I now have the capability to live my authentic self. I love it. Yeah. That's what it. it is. Good. Yeah. Fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> it was too short really not to, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yes. But oh, good old Mimi. Sometimes oh, I've never Mimi. thought about that. Yeah. I'm sure you'd love to just give her a hug and be like. Oh, absolutely. You know? Oh my gosh. Yes. When I was going through this like whole healing stage after my divorce, I literally called my, that's when I started calling myself Queen Mims because Um, I'm obsessed with that. (laughs) I fucking love that. Because, you know, when you're going through even just, even though I was involved in the church, when you're still going through this like healing journey, right? You really start to discover like who you are and all of that. So yes, for sure. Yes. So tell me, flash forward to to now, right? And I know you probably think about, flash forward to now, and you spent all those years having this relationship with God, but it was kind of a relationship that was woven by the church. Mm -hmm. What is your relationship like now with this higher power is there a relationship are you start like have you like are just now discovering what it is you actually believe that's a really great question um when I talk about the when I've like actually talked about this people ask me that question and it's really hard because I do believe in something bigger than me I do believe that there is something um, like a sense of creator, but I don't necessarily know and believe right now that there's only one God. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't necessarily, I can't even say I have a 
spirit, like a relationship with God at the moment. I think, I think when it comes to like, there's, there's times when I still, you know, um, like if I'm walking down the street and I feel unsafe, I'm like, okay, Lord, like protect me, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's to the extent that I feel of a higher power. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, I guess now I'm starting to tap into, um, this concept of like the universe, you know, like sometimes I'll just be like, Hey, like the universe is giving me this opportunity or whatever. Um, and it's, but it still makes me feel uncomfortable. Like I, I'm not comfortable with sometimes even saying that or acknowledging that. And so I think I've just kind of come to this place and acceptance that this whole concept of faith is going to be a lifelong journey for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I now have a partner who accepts that, you know, and who walks that, um, that space with me, you know, and I think that's something that has been also really comforting because that was a really big part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Your, like your core belief system was like deconstructed when you left the church and it's been like a year. So you're literally just like slowly rebuilding like what Mimi believes. Exactly. So that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I want to ask too, you, so you were a part of the church, which is its own community, Mm -hmm. obviously. And then you our community manager too. And even your background is so centered around like organizing, managing and like, um, really, you know, for lack of better terms, being the vibe keeper for communities. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's what it seems like to me. So tell me, you are a part of the church, which, which seems like it was a very alienating and very, um, like intensive community. Mm -hmm. And your community manager. So it's like, what makes a good community that somebody feels, somebody like you who is just trying, what makes a good community? You know what I mean? Like that, I guess yeah. that's my question. And, and a welcoming one and a warm one. Yeah. And one that makes someone feel good. Like that absolutely. Feels good. Well, I think one of the things that I absolutely love doing is making people feel seen. And I think that has been the biggest aspect of when it comes to people and relationships for me. And so as I've kind of delved into this career aspect now, um, I have been heavily involved with people, but not necessarily like HR related, because that still feels a little like not cool. Sorry, (laughs) but um, something to me that really drives me and that makes me feel fulfilled is bringing people together. And so kind of going back to this concept of making someone feel known and cared for and making someone feel seen is to give people time, you know, and understanding like, hey, if I just get to know your name and know how to pronounce your name right and really just asking what you do, And then eventually carrying that with me and nurturing somehow that relationship, 
And if I meet somebody else who is in the same field and somehow I can connect you guys together or making sure that like, I understand, Hey, like I saw Tom yesterday and he told me about his dog. And the next week I asked him about like, it's little things, right. But it's coming from a place of genuinely wanting someone to know that they're cared for. Um, and so I think that is what has really allowed me to build those communities and build those environments because life is too stressful enough already. And the last thing we want, the last thing I want is to be in an environment that makes me feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I want for my career, for my workplace, for um anything and so I think that has kind of just been the ultimate goal for myself um in the sense of what I'm doing now yeah I love it amazing yeah and then my last question is what advice would you give to somebody who was that before Mimi like I was talking about you know what I mean like the before picture Mimi like somebody what would you say to yourself before this leap like if you could talk to yourself because I imagine there's a lot of women out there who are who are the before picture Mimi right now yeah need to need to hear this I would say no matter how scary it feels and looks to truly honor yourself in whatever form or shape that may be to truly honor your sense of self um, and to lean into that. I don't know. Yeah. Literally. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, too soon. But like, you know what I mean? No, 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 it's not too soon. LOL. No, it's all good. You know, I still make fun of it a lot. You know, I tell my partner a lot of the times, like, hey, like, this is something we used to say or do. Or sometimes I'll still like pop on like um, old worship songs that I used to be like invested in, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think it's fun to make fun of now and it's, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I'm not making fun. It's no, no, like, no. Yeah, like, yeah. But I, I think it's just. I feel like we say fun. amen. Like, no. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fun <laughs> to see the the humor aspect of it, right? Into all of that. So don't. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, and it's funny. I had this conversation on a podcast with Allie about being able to uh-huh. like laugh at yourself. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> if you've I, ever I was... been like looking at yourself drunk in the mirror. I mean, that's. Yes. Sometimes oh that God. experience is yes, it, yes. Like there's actually there was a time where I was a little tipsy, and my partner, like he doesn't under like he knew what I was, but he doesn't know to the full extent of what I used to like do. So I popped mm-hmm. out YouTube, and I was like, "This was me," and it's so embarrassing because there's like videos on YouTube of me like preaching and like leading worship, and it's just such a different person, you know. Um, but she's, she was still cool. You know, she's still cool. Oh, hell I have no freaking doubts. <laughs> I have no doubts, girl. I yeah. love it. Well, Mimi, thank you so much for getting vulnerable and for sharing your story. Yeah, and no. it's just, and I know I'm a total stranger and you're broadcasting your story, but I got to tell you, it's, 
it was amazing and it was beautiful and I just appreciate you you letting me and everybody listening in so that you know we could really use it to make change in our own lives that feels right and feels good in our hearts so I appreciate you a lot no thank you Mick because I think what you're doing is truly special and you're creating spaces for women who have probably never shared their story and I think that's big so keep doing what you're doing thank you so so much for even going out there and honoring yourself um and holding these spaces because I think it's really needed so thanks Mimi I appreciate that I will catch up with you soon but thank you again and have an amazing rest of your evening you too Vic And for everyone listening, I am so glad that you're here. I'm glad this episode found you and I really hope that it resonated on some level. Remember to subscribe to the pod and follow Big Fucking Leaps on Instagram for new episodes. But just remember, it is never too late to leap into the life you've always dreamed of. So if you're on the brink of making your own big leap, yes, it looks hard and big and scary. But remember, you're doing the right thing. You are absolutely not alone. And you got this, baby. You got this. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you.